Yo, 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 I am Dustin Mikesell, and this is the Watchmen Inc. Podcast. Are you tired of the deception of the Matrix? Here, we will build a case around God's plan for the mad world, using biblical history and the application of the scriptures to provide hope and truth in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is the Watchman Inc. Podcast. Welcome back for another one. Glad to have you back. Happy Monday. Today, we're uh, running solo. You know, sometimes, like I said, recording and other things that we have going on here, you know, in life is uh, conflicting and just seems so busy right now. You know, I guess that's why it's not hard for me to come here and still talk to you guys i love having my you know back and forth banter with my co-host taylor but i also like just getting on here sometimes and you know telling you guys my own thoughts and my own feelings and what i'm feeling like the lord is putting on my heart right now and i think the lord is putting some pretty serious stuff on my heart right now guys and i really do believe that you know we're all seeing and hearing the Lord in many different ways and in many different avenues, whether that be at your church, by your pastor, or from your family, friends, you know, there's an avenue somewhere in your life probably trying to talk about God or preach the word or understand the word. So we just have to understand that this is a very interesting time on earth. And in the Bible, it says that the end days, which I truly believe in my heart we are in right now. You know, some may disagree and say that, you know, those days have always been said. I mean, in the in when Jesus left, you know, the apostles, they literally thought the end days was then. And while it was upon them, it wasn't the end of days, you know. And when I say the end of days, it's not the end because there is no end with Christ. He's forever. He, he is eternal glory for, and power. So... When I say the end, it's the end of a time, you know, like when we have the end of a season, like right now we're getting into fall because summer is getting, you know, on the, on the down end of the weather, the days will start getting shorter and the seasons will begin to change. And we notice that change. And I really feel like the season of earth right now is changing. And that we need to continue to walk in the Lord and walk in his word and pray a lot. I mean, that is something I think people are not doing as much as they should be is praying. And if you're not on your knees praying, including myself, you know, I pray every day and I pray like within my mind. But like get on your knees and pray right now, because I truly believe that the Lord is trying to talk to anybody and everybody who is seeking him and is trying to hear what his word is teaching and i truly believe that um there's a there's a great deception coming i mean a lot of this podcast is to try and inform you guys of the old history and how things tie into the you know old and things with the new but you know we still are a biblical podcast and we still want to focus our center around christ no matter what we present here or what we say or you know, the conspiracies that we may bring to the air. Um, 
that's just all to solidify God and Jesus and the hope and what he teaches us in the Bible. And that's ultimately a very important thing for me to continue to do here. And I really believe that this event called the rapture is going, is going to occur soon. And let me tell you, I don't know the day or hour. The Lord has not shown me a specific time. I'm not here to claim a time, nor will we ever on the Watchman podcast or anybody associated with the podcast or, you know, should be making claims that they know as the exact day and time because that that nobody but of that day no one knows the day not even the angels in heaven nor the son but the father alone mark 13:32 so the bible teaches that you know the father alone knows and now the father and the son they have a pretty good relationship so i'm pretty sure jesus he has an idea right now when when he's going to come back but you see he, he obeys the Father because the Father and him are one. And so the Father's will is Jesus's will. And so he knows what it's going to ultimately happen. And that's why we still are comforted by these words and why we can read the Bible and be comforted is because we have the Holy Spirit. All right. And that goes into the Trinity doctrine, which I don't have time to get into the you know theological side of why the Trinity is biblical. I mean, if you read the King James Bible, the, the King James teaches that God is three persons, but one entity. And, you know, he's God. He can do whatever he wants, but it's also a representation of us, you know, our, our, our mind, soul, and body. You know, we have the mind, we have the soul, and we have the flesh. You know, God is, is the same as us. He, we, he made us in his image, but I really believe that because, you know, we're made in his image, we can communicate with him. And that's ultimately what he did do is be able to communicate with men. And, and even in the Old Testament before the Holy Spirit, you know, he appeared to Moses in the, as the burning bush. You know, he gave so many signs to, to men that he was with them and would speak to them, you know, and I really believe that he's speaking to people right now, people that are with, that have their eyes open and their ears ready to hear and that are studying their Bibles. You know, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that anything you're doing or not doing could uh, essentially affect what, what he's going to do. Nothing we do is going to change what he does. We need to remember that no, no matter what we pray for or who we decide to support for politics or whatever it is in this life that we think that we're doing to help, you know, preserve the earth and the foundation that we all know and this peace and this freedom, it's going to end people. We need to wake up to that. We need to wake up to the the end was described as a, as a time that is pain and suffering and judgment and many will, you know, perish under this under the sin that the earth is completely engulfed in. It's always been, but during the end times it really, you know, we've said it before, it really is evident that there's just lawlessness on the earth. And so we want you to understand that we want hope to be preached here. We do not care about just pushing doom and destruction like a lot of places. We want hope to to be provided in this podcast. And I want to provide you with this hope that is good news. It's very good news because it's the news that Jesus taught. It's the news that Jesus gave with his new covenant. Remember, the New Testament is a new covenant with Jesus Christ. It's not to abolish the old the old covenant of the Old Testament where, you know, he made a covenant with the, the people of Israel, the Jews who 
still are waiting on their Messiah. That is why there's so many things that, you know, when you look at Bible prophecy and things going on with Israel right now, it, it it's amazing. It's amazing what's what's unfolding and what's happening and where the state of Israel is going and where the Bible says it will be at and things that are happening in the Middle East. Um, there's just a lot of prophecy um, being fulfilled right now. And I know many may not see it because they're not looking or, you know, if you're not a believer in Christ, you probably have no idea what the prophecy even says. And I urge you to read these prophecies, which is in the Bible. And, you know, I, I've said before, we reread from the King James here, and there's a reason for that. And it's just too much to get into. But I'm not here to deceive you, and I'm not here to tell you that the Bible you're reading isn't good enough. I'm just telling you there's probably a better one if you're not reading the King James, because the King James is a, is is amazing. When you study it, when you analyze it, you see how it was translated, why it was translated. I mean, it's the number one sold and published book in history. It created the English language. It was the foundation for just uh, so many things. So, you know, I have a lot of um, feelings about you know, reading modern translations. And I think some of them are sloppy. I'm not going to lie to you. There are verses that are taken out of some of them. And, you know, it's for you to understand and test. And if you want to, you know, test what I just said, go look it up online, say what Bibles have taken verses out and then look up the King James Bible verse that says, no man shall take or, you know, uh, add or take from this book. And that's in Revelation. But it's literally talking about the whole Bible, like that no man um, can take away any of the scripture and that none of them can change what God has ordained as truth because he's God. If you don't have faith that God has given you his ordained word and that he has provided you with the truth, you know, how much faith do you really have? And that's not me judging that's just me asking you how much faith do you really have in the almighty creator that can do anything he speaks creation so if you're telling me he can't keep a keep a bible preserved through men cuz remember all knowledge is given of the lord proverbs all wisdom comes from the holy spirit especially after you know jesus died on the cross the gift so if you have the holy spirit then the word resides in you it resides on your heart because of his grace and so I want everybody to know that that's all I speak from is from my heart and from the spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, which resides in me. I, you know, the fire is upon my head and I, I, I love the Lord with all my heart. And that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing is because I love the Lord. I know that this isn't something that's going to get me rich. I know that this isn't something that's going to make me popular. It's probably going to make me more less popular because you know, unfortunately, most people just don't want to have any association with religion because of the bad taste that it has from men and the doctrines of men and the evil things men have done under the name of religion. And, you know, unfortunately, Christianity has gotten mixed into that. And why do you think that that Satan would try to, you know, make Christianity the most hated religion? Because it's the truest religion. I've studied all the other religions and once again, not trying to get into it, but no other religion offers salvation to you by the God that created you coming to endure what he put you through, endure what he put you through on earth so that he could bring you back to him in a relationship willingly. Like Jesus died willingly for you. Remember that 
like Jesus wasn't forced. Jesus, it teaches that Jesus could have had thousands of angels come down from heaven to stop his persecution and his, his, his time on the cross and from him even getting captured, you know, he willingly went to the cross for you, knowing that he was innocent, knowing what he was claiming what he was and just wishing that people would hear it. But there were people that did hear it and they seen it. And so I'm telling you the Bible, it helps you see, and it helps you hear because it is the word of God. So let's just solidify that into your heart before I get on with this teaching and what I, I want to talk about with the rapture. Because if you don't have that truth that I just went through on your heart fully, that you believe that God has given us his word perfectly through men, then you will have to, you know, work out your salvation with your own fear and trembling, as it also teaches. So, you know, I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm just here to preach the truth and the truth that the Bible and God is showing me, you know, in my heart. And if I'm wrong, then, you know, the Lord will punish me for that. But I try to keep it pretty, you know, close to scripture with where I uh, go with most things. So, you know, let that be our foundation. And that's what God says. So um, with that, the rapture is definitely an event that happens because not only did it happen in the very beginning of the Bible, um, it, it, it happens twice before even you know this end times you know supposedly rapture pre-tribulation mid-trib post-trib there's a lot of fight around that the timing of the rapture not necessarily doctrine of the rapture that god takes his people but satan has planted a deep deception and a deep lie into the people's hearts and god has you know shown me something that i have been not nervous to share, but I think it's important now. I think that with what God's shown me and what the earth is producing with its fruit and the birth pains that I see happening on earth, I really believe that it's time to, you know, share a couple things with you that have been occurring with me. And the Lord has just been helping me see, you know, I'm nobody special. This is called Watchman Inc. because God calls us all to be watchmen and watchmen are put on the tower and they are to look out for the town, the, the ones that don't want to be up there, because being a watchman is not easy. You have to see past the, the physical, just you have to see past the trees. Yes. When you're looking out, you don't see anything, but you have to look out for the enemy that's sneaking around the back of the gate or that's coming to take, you know, to, to send a Trojan horse, like a, a distraction so that you can't see the main gate. Remember that is how the enemy works. He gets in on distractions Okay. And he's got everyone distracted right now. And what has he got everyone distracted with? Space, aliens, government, men, politics, division, like all of these earthly things, which Jesus said would perish and pass away and be judged because none of it was found righteous. I mean, you know, the tribulation comes because God has found that the earth has just turned wicked and that we worship the antichrist like that is like literally what it's all about is that people will willingly bring on the antichrist and worship him and take the mark that he will eventually force on people which then they'll learn that it wasn't such a good choice but the first thing that must happen is that the the restrainer the bride the church the thing that's kind of keeping earth together right now must be taken and we see this all throughout scripture okay first enoch Enoch was taken Genesis what 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 the first man that never died 
and never t- tasted the the sting of death why why would this happen right immediately in in the bible it literally happened immediately in the bible in genesis the first book so why would this be so important for god to teach us right now and to have us solidify as a truth if it was something that was made up or made up by some theologian you know some people say darby made up you know the rapture like no the rapture was taught by Jesus and taught by God in in the beginning because what did he what what happened with Enoch Genesis 5:21 and Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah and Enoch walked with God and he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 365 years so he is 365 years old and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him all right, there's our first word, okay, took. All right, I want, if you're listening or if you're, you know, listening to this podcast and you like to take notes, I want you to write down the word took, okay? That's an important word. You see, this is why I believe in the King James Bible as well, is because words have power and words, when you understand words in a deeper, you know, sense where you like to understand where we got the word took from or where the Bible got the word took from, it doesn't mean that this wasn't, this word doesn't mean what it, it means. It just, we gain understanding by studying words deeper, you know, because English isn't obviously the oldest language. It, you don't need to know old language to understand words. It just helps strengthen the Bible, okay? It helps strengthen your studying. So let's just, you know, if I tell you to write down a words because I want you to go study it a little bit deeper, okay? So study the word took, all right? And God took him, all right? That's important. So he didn't die. Everybody else, when you're reading Genesis 5, you start reading all the genealogy, all right? And then he died, and then he died, and he lived this long, and then he died, okay? So what we're seeing here is that God can take man. God can just snatch man right out of the earth and say, you know what? I want to take you with me. You don't have to die. What an amazing hope that God has already provided in the middle like right in the midst of us falling and like Adam and Eve, like their sin is kind of generational because the, the blood, you know, now saves us and that DNA war about the giants. Like there's so much going on. It's amazing that God found a man that was so righteous and so good and, and loved him so much that he walked with him and God took him. Okay, God took him. So there's your first sign of the rapture. And this happened before the tribulation or the end times or even before many things happened on earth. So I would consider this a pre-tribulation rapture. Ding, ding, ding. There's one for the pre-tribulation rapture. God took Enoch. All right. What was the next one? All right. Elijah. Okay. Elijah was taken up by a chariot of fire and uh, he was taken to heaven and God just completely, you know, let, let people know that, look, I can swoop down with fire and take somebody with a a chariot of fire. What an amazing, you know, what an amazing story in second Kings. Let me turn to it. Second Kings. When, when Elijah is telling, you know, he's a prophet and he's trying to tell people love the Lord, you know, be with the Lord and and so many wonderful things. And it came to pass second Kings 
And it, 2 Kings 11, and it came to pass as they went on and talked, and behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted with both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. He's taken up by a whirlwind in heaven, all right? A whirlwind, that's like a wind, a gust. You know, when you see a whirlwind, it takes something away. It usually blows it up into the sky. It goes up, okay? So took. Now think of up, a whirlwind, okay? We've got another description of God taking or 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 lifting up, okay? Taking by a chariot of fire. He's carrying Elijah, okay? He will carry you up, all right? So there's our second example, and this happens later in history and with another man who is clearly of God and, and a prophet of God and also a, a, a worthy man of God. But what's interesting is that if you think that they're perfect men, then there would be no reason for Jesus because then he would have just used Enoch and Elijah to continue the mission of talking about how you need to live perfect. So see, we can't live perfectly. So see, you're not saved by your works. It's by your faith. And your faith then produces the works because the faith in you, the, the Holy Spirit, will then produce good works. You see, faith without works, that, that, that phrase is thrown around all the time where people try to combine faith and works. But works does not save anybody. We are saved by grace so that no man can boast. So remember that. If somebody tries to tell you that you can't have faith without works, well, faith is the indicator that somebody is saved by Christ because they have faith in Christ. Their works come because now Christ resides in them. All right. So remember that. And so we have a couple of examples already, two pretty, pretty amazing stories that God has shown us that he can just take a human right from earth without dying. Wouldn't that be amazing? If you had one wish right now, now if I was on a celebrity game show or whatever, the the prize was whatever stupid show, your football games, what you know, whatever. Think about think about whatever you like to watch or whatever offers some type of reward. If I told you that reward was that you would never die, would not everybody try to win that prize on earth right now? Would they not almost sell every single thing that they had? if it meant to acquire that gift and only a few got it to never die, that would be the craziest TV show in history because we would literally be fighting and killing at the chance to obtain this type of power. Okay. And here we are. If you just read the Bible, the good old King James Bible, which we've had for hundreds and the, the text for, thousands of years um god just can take you if you believe in him and he's trying to prove it to you even through the midst of our sin and our transgression against him if your heart is for him he wants you with him if you've chosen him he wants you with him you are his bride okay and now we get into some other things which that would run this podcast even longer than it needs to go but if you want to understand the rapture as well, you need to study the ancient custom of a Jewish wedding, all right, and how it's not like the weddings we see today. And there's a lot of tradition that was wrapped into a wedding in 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 the Jewish culture, okay? And so we will get into that, but I just want our minds to stay focused on that. Look, 
We've got two examples here. That should be it. Even after Enoch, he didn't even have to do it again. If he could prove that he can do it once, he can do it a billion times. But however many people lived on earth, he can do it. He can rapture however many people he wants. If he can do it once, he can do it again. But he also kind of raptured himself because how did Jesus go up? He went up and he ascended into the clouds. Okay, so. That's where we'll continue to get into the scripture a little bit because there's so many verses that are pointing towards this 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 teaching and this teaching comes from Jesus. Remember, he's God. And so God can do what he wants in the sense of if it's holy and true, he can create commandments or he can create teachings even after the Old Testament teachings. Like even though Jesus came to fulfill, could he not add to that fulfillment because he is God. Yes, we he's God. We can't put God in a box. You know, me and my wife just had a great conversation the other night about this. No one should try to put God in a box or tell him that he can't do this or that man's done this. So God doesn't, didn't really give us the truth. What a terrible God and what a not very powerful God. If he can't provide us with the truth. Okay. If he says he is the truth, I am the way, the truth and the life. He, he can provide the truth that you need to know. And you should have faith in that. But, you know, I, I digress. But our faith should should help us see with the Holy Spirit that there are a bunch of signs that he is going to come and that he is going to, you know, rapture his bride before a terrible time on the earth. OK, so I'm going to roll off a few verses. Just write them down if you will, if you want um, and study them deeper. But. It's pretty much telling you there's going to be some taken and there's going to be some that are left behind. Okay. And like I said, there's a lot that goes into this and there'll be a lot of people that say, Oh, well, you're just wrong. You don't understand what the Bible said. I have full understanding of what God is showing me right now. And I'm going to try to help you see with this revelation that God has given me about a certain word. And we'll get to that word here at the end, but patience. All right, I'm going to just roll off because there's so many. I've got 40 plus, you know, there's 40 plus verses that literally describe this event that I'm talking about and the timing of it. And it just makes more sense when you think of it this way. And then when you, you know, take the couple scriptures that really does prove that there's a special event for the church, which is the bride. This is not the Jews. This is not, you know, this is people that believe in Jesus. And we're under the age of the church age, the grace age with the Holy Spirit. So just understand the time that we're in. So this event is for the bride, the church, not a church or a specific building or congregation. The church is the body. Remember that the church is the body of Christ, the, the believers in what Jesus did, who are, believe in his grace. First Thessalonians 417. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the Lord. There's another word that's first Thessalonians 4 17. Now that's this other word I had you write down took. I want you to write down the word caught. What a weird word to just write down and go study. You know, I thought the same thing when God was, uh, you know, helping me see some stuff that I needed to see and that, you know, he wanted me to share. And I got a confirmation that that, that, time to share that is now. And I believe because 
it's not that I know the timing. I just believe in my heart that, you know, we could be much sooner to this event than even Christians are looking out for. And what did he say? He comes like a thief in the night as we continue to read on. So there's the next word I want you to just write down real fast, because I want you to go and take this words or what I'm teaching right now. And I want you to go see it with your own eyes. I want you to go study it. I want you to analyze what, what it truly means and why this word would be very relevant in our time right now. Okay. First Thessalonians 4, 16 for the Lord himself. So I'm going to actually reread. Sorry. First Thessalonians 4, 16 for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then it, then first Thessalonians 4, 17, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and show will we always and so shall we always be with the Lord. All right. So he's saying that the dead will be raised first and then that we which rem remain and are alive. That sounds like that people who are living, walking around alive will be caught up because that's what it says. Caught. All right. Sometimes we look at the special words or Lord and Christ and we see all these words in the Bible and we forget sometimes other words have really deep meaning to something or deeper understanding when we, you know, study it and when we let the Lord reveal things to us. That's what the revelation is all about is the Lord revealing the end time to John who then gave it to us in the churches of the seven churches and those seven churches continue to give it to other people. So we are blessed to have this revelation and to have these revelations from Everybody, because from the Old Testament in Genesis, in the Genesis, the beginning, God is talking about taking up men in the middle somewhere. Like, you know, the earth is established. You got Elijah being caught up by a chariot of fire and a whirlwind. And now it's saying Paul is telling the Thessalonians, we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. All right. Are you starting to kind of see it and hear it? There's three strikes. I mean, if you need any more proof, which I've got, do you have the faith of a mustard seed that Jesus will do what he said he's going to do? All right. And he said he's going to take us from the judgment that is coming. It's coming whether we like it or not. All right, people. I'm just blowing the trumpet. That's what watchmen do. We blow the trumpet. Matthew 24, 37, for the coming of the son of man will be just like the days of Noah. All right. And so what happened in the days of Noah? God told Noah, hey, build a boat because I'm going to raise the boat up with water. I am going to raise up this boat that you will be on with your family. And as I raise the boat, judgment will fall upon the earth. And what happened? Water fell on the earth and everything and everybody was killed except anybody that and anything that was on that boat. What did God do? He spared Noah and his family. He saved them. He brought them out of the judgment that was coming to earth. Was Noah a perfect man without sin? No. So why did God save him? Because his bloodline and his generations were found perfect. Okay. The days of Noah will be like the end of days. The son of man will be just like the days of Noah. Okay. The rain will come and the people scoffed at, at, at Noah. They called him crazy. He was the first conspiracy theorist. He literally was telling people, God told me to build this boat that it's because it's going to rain. There's water. And you got to remember, there was no rain before it, before this time. So they called him crazy because they said, you're, there's water going to fall from the sky. You're, you're a madman. 
you're building a boat on dry land like where's the water brother they laughed they 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 drank they they partied they continued for years it took noah years to build the boat and they continued to laugh at him because they said hi look at noah over there building his boat you know thinking that he hears the lord the lord's voice telling him that water's gonna fall from the sky ha 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 and then all of a sudden the drops started falling on the people yeah that's how it works that's how it's gonna be at the end of times are you ready for the water to start falling now you know i'm not judging what's gonna happen to people i'm just telling you this is what God said is going to happen. And many people got caught up in the flood, unfortunately. Not many people made it on the boat. So are you on the boat? Are you on the boat? Check your faith. Mark 13, 32. But of that day or no one knows the, but of that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the son, but the father alone. Matthew 24, 40. Then there will be two men in the field. One will be taken. One will be left. Luke 17, 34, I tell you, on that night there will be two in one bed, and one will be taken, and the other will be left. Revelation 11, 11, but after three and a half days, the breath of the life from God came into them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell upon those who were watching them. They're going to see. People are going to see that people are going to be gone. All right? They're, they're going to know. There's going to be people that have friends and family that believed in this event and they whether they believed in the lord or they denied the event or i don't know why you get left behind or why you go all i know is that if you want to go you need to be on the boat are you on the boat are you in christ is christ in you does the holy spirit reside in you these are personal questions you have to ask yourself dig into the bible if you want to know the answers to these questions because god will reveal himself and he will reveal what you are to his plan when you seek and you ask. Okay. That's all I've done. All I've done is ask the Lord to use me and to, to continue to speak through me with the Holy spirit. I'm nothing. I'm just a sinner, a regular guy that enjoys the, the joys of life too, you know, going out sports, you know, the worldly stuff. I I've got caught up in it too. I'm no better than anybody. So remember that. I'm just sitting here trying to preach what the word says because it's God's Bible. It's God's word to us. So we should take it very seriously. And, you know, some of us, even myself, find it like uh, builds us up when we're down. But we forget even when we're good, we should be studying it diligently, diligently every day. Okay, so you've got the couple words that I've told. Excuse me. You've got the couple words that I've told you. Took and caught. And we'll take these further, you know, like I said, whether you're listening or whether you want to write them down and then go do this later yourself, whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I didn't really mean to do that either. That was funny. But anyway, Matthew 24, 27, for just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will be the coming of the son of man being. So there we got fire or light in the sky coming down, coming flashing like Elijah. I mean, the connections here are just unreal when does the end come matthew 24 14 this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come this is why our job is to preach the good news because in order for the end to come so if you want to see jesus sooner no matter what's going on with life or what's happening in the times preach the gospel preach the gospel to those you love because you are helping 
Jesus, you're helping him try to bring the end because he wants to bring the end to all this pain and suffering. That's the whole point of all this because we're bringing this on to ourselves through all of our transgressions and our sin. Don't blame God for bringing righteous judgment on what you know this earth deserves. We're killing babies by the ton. We're turning you know children um, in, into things they are not. We're pushing agendas that are just completely abominations to God. You know, like these these programs with our food and and genetic engineering and science and technology and all the wasted money and all the wasted resources on just lining these big corporations pockets and all the government telling you oh yeah we'll do this for you but never come through take your money from your pocket every day and tell you oh it's your fault that the economy is bad you're spending too much so the fed's going to raise the interest rate like they just are talking about yeah this is the the world that you're fighting for right now if you're truly attached to it all right you're fighting for the feds to raise the interest rates up because you're spending too much money now so that's what they're going to do they're going to keep taxing your dollar did your job tell you that you're getting a raise take this seriously people take this really seriously because i'm not joking this is the world that people are trying to fight for right now it's corrupt it's corrupt as heck and if you can't see that well i'm sorry but anyway, we'll keep going because look, at I have so many verses here. I have so many verses here. All right. <clears throat> and so back to the bride, because you need to understand the bride is taken. So I got a couple more verses and then we'll get into the couple words and then we'll wrap it up because this is really deep, but this also can go on way too many tangents. And I just want to be very focused right now with this episode. So. John 3, 29, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. So this joy of mine has been made full. So what is Jesus going to do in 1 Thessalonians? The voice of an archangel will shout. So we'll hear the voice. My sheep hear my voice. Like we will hear the voice and it will call us. Okay. And who is going to be calling? The bridegroom. Who is the bridegroom? Jesus. And what did he do? He's gone off to prepare a place. All right. In ancient Jewish custom, the, the groom would go off to prepare a place at his father's house, which could be many miles away or, or days trips away. And they would sometimes tarry, which means to, to, to delay for, for a year even up to, which in, in, in the sense of you just got married to this person. And then the groom says, well, I got to leave you for the next three to seven to 12 months by yourself while I go and I get our house and our new life ready. Like it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of odd that, that that's how it worked, but because the groom loved his bride so much that he wanted to make sure that it was perfect for when they got there, that she would have a perfect life and that she would have everything she needed to create a new life with him and his now family, you know, because usually the groom lived with his father. I mean, we're talking about ancient times here, but that's, what's amazing about the story of the weddings is that the groom, obviously he got things ready, but you know, you know, a young man ready to, you know, get with his wife after a, a marriage and finally getting that opportunity, you know, to become one, an amazing thing, which we've also completely ruined with premarital sex and adulterousness and all this. Like we've just, my, my, my pastor from my church said it perfectly a couple weeks ago. 
we have no idea what marriage really even means because we've completely tainted and ruined the idea of what it really is. It's just unfortunate. So you will never truly understand what it means to Jesus because this is what he compares us to is, you know, he is the bride. We are, I mean, he is the groom. We are the bride. And so it's clearly a very important thing to Jesus. And why do you think Satan attacks the family and doesn't want people getting married? All right. I digress. Anyway. So, God is telling us that people are going to be taken people. There'll be one in a field. There'll be one sleeping. There'll be one here. The dead will be raised up first at the shout of the archangel. And then the, the ones which re remain and are alive shall be taken. All right. And now let's just hit the nail in the hand, like the, the nail in the head with the hammer, the verse that literally describes like, all the things that we need to see in, in order to know that God takes his bride from, from this wicked judgment that's coming because this judgment that's coming, the, the tribulation, it's a scary time and I'm not here to promote fear, but I'm here to tell you that's what the Bible teaches and it's not going to be a fun time. So you really need to be checking yourself every day and where your faith's at in the sense of, are you, are you looking up in the sense are you focused on Jesus more than you're focused on the world right now? No matter what that is, just that's my, that's my, um, you know, my advice is that just stay focused. Okay. On the Lord. And then all of the things will be given unto you. So during the judgment of the seven churches, which is the first thing that John sees in revelation one through three, and I can continue to go on this later, but I'm going to just get to what I want to say because I want this to be focused. So, there's one church that literally Jesus talks about and that John writes a letter to, and it's the church of Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love. Cause that's the, you know, the name Philadelphia means brotherly love, like the love that people have for others who want to share the gospel of Christ, the free truth to become brothers and sisters in Christ, the church of Philadelphia. So revelation three, seven, and to the angel of the churches in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy and he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set forth, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept my word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world and try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, let that no man take thy crown. Okay, let's reread verse 10, Revelation 3, 10. Because thou hast kept my word, the grace and the Bible and, and Jesus, his words, you kept it, and the patience that he said to wait because he was tarrying because he said, no man knows the day or the hour, but you've waited upon me like I would come tomorrow. You are always waiting for me. I shall also keep you for having that kind of faith and that love for me. I will keep thee 
T-H-E-E, which means you, or like when he's talking to you, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the whole earth that try them that dwell upon the earth. This is revelation. This isn't anywhere else in the Bible. This is John giving the, the letters. He, this is not only for the, the, the physical churches that John is sending this to at the time. This is the seven spirits, the seven candlesticks. If you don't study Revelation right now, you, you're, you're a mad, mad person in Christ because this is where we're at. This is what we need to be studying. Now, we're just getting started in this book. That's why it is crazy to hear some of these false preachers and these teachers out here talking about we're in the tr great tribulation already. If you hear anybody say that, you run the other way because I'm sitting here recording on, you know, expensive computer equipment, holding the phone in my hand you know, have the ability to go to and from wherever I want, whenever I want, spend on whatever I want, you know, those things will eventually start getting clamped down even more. But if you really think we're going through this crazy, harsh tribulation of judgment where God says that it's never been like this time ever before, you are also mistaken. And I'd recheck what God and the spirit are showing you and who you're following. And I would check and test what they're saying to the word of God, because I'm telling you from the word of God, it says that I will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Who is he talking about? One church. Read about all the other, the other six churches. He doesn't say that he keeps them from the hour of temptation. So it it's the Bible. This is God's authority. This is his word. This is his revelation, his prophecy to us. This is Jesus's prophecy, not some man or some other type of person that he used in the Old Testament, which confirmed this as well. This is him coming to John on the island of Pat Patmos and giving him this revelation, letting him see it, not just hear it, let him see it and writing the things that he's seeing down. All right. So only had you take a couple words, you know, with along with all the other verses, read, you know, go back, whatever, took and caught okay now with when you read the king james there's this thing called a strong concordance and there's lots of you know concordances and things that are attached to you know seeing words it's just pretty much a strong concordance is a way to be able to take a word so like took or caught and see how many times it's mentioned in the king james bible like the strong concordance is affiliated with the king james bible but um you know, if you wanted to read the Strong's Concordance, it's associated with the King James only. So if you have a newer translation, this won't probably work for you. You'd have to find another thing. But this is why I recommend you go to the King James because the Strong's Concordance just it's a very good, good thing to cross-reference with your newer Bibles. You should make the King James, which I believe is the best translation there is still. Some may disagree, but the history and everything, you know, that I've seen with many years of studying this particular issue i would trust the king james and let that about be it but hey once again if you're reading the bible i, I applaud you but you can know god on an even deeper and and you know better um understanding with a better translation and i do believe that's the king james but with that you go to a strong's concordance you know, you can go to kingjamesbibleonline.org or type in Google Strong's Concordance King James, and then it'll bring up a thing. And then you should be able to search a word in the concordance. And then how the concordance works is that you'll have um, the Greek and you'll have the you'll have the Hebrew. Okay, it'll show you 
every single word in the Bible is in the Strong's Concordance translated from the original text. And, you know, once again, can't get too deep into the theology of how we got it, but it's amazing. It's an amazing tool to take your, your study with the word of God even deeper. All right. First, let's look at Took. T-O-O-K. You look at Took, you search it into a Strong's Concordance, and then you see that there's a hundred plus times that Took is said in, in the Bible. But sometimes when I'm looking up words, I like to specifically see it within the reference of the chapter and the verse that I, I like am studying. So when I was reading and when the Lord was showing me some stuff, you know, and was telling me to study some words, Took was one of them from Genesis. So I would go to that verse in Genesis where it says, and he took Enoch away. So that's where I want to go. And, uh, and, uh, Genesis and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. All right. So when I click on the word took, so you should be able to see a, like an association of either H with numbers next to it or a G with numbers next to it. And so that means Hebrew, letter that means the hebrew hebrew concordance number or the greek concordance so you got the hebrew and the greek so we can see that this is a hebrew word or like the strongs will take us to a hebrew root word for the word took and then we get we get the word laka okay lakak now that's a hebrew word and it means to take, all right? But you can get a little bit deeper. So obviously took means to take something. You took an apple from the store. It means you lifted it up and took it away. You took some candy from the from the jar. You know, you lifted up the piece of candy out of the jar and took it out. You know, you should understand what the word took is, but let's just see what like the old like word of the Hebrew word for the way they translated took, it, it says. So it means to accept to bring, to buy. What did Jesus do on the cross? He bought you. He paid the price. He bought you so that he could what? Carry you away back to God because you were, and then the word drawn because he went to fetch you, you know, the primitive word of to take, accept, bring, carry. Like, are you starting to see here? The words even mean what, what they mean on a deeper level. Like God took Enoch. He, he bought Enoch. He carried him away. He fetched him. You know, he was receiving him to seize him, taking away or up, using. All right. This is why it's important to study words even deeper, because it just helps gain even more understanding about what God was saying at, the, at this point when he took Enoch. He's saying that I bought you. I took you. I carried him away. All right. It's an amazing thing. That's just a minor, very minor. This next one, the the, the word caught. This is what's been on my heart to share with you guys for a, a bit, but I've been waiting. But tonight's the night. Tonight's the night to, to reveal this revelation and take it as you will. It's just something the Lord showed me. And, you know. Some people say you can make connections to anything, but the fact that this connection could even be made from the Bible to where we're at today and what's going on, pretty amazing. And I don't know if many have, have ever seen something. So like I said, the word caught, there's, <laughs> you catch something, you know, you caught a cold, like you, you caught it or you, you catch a ball, you know, the ball is coming and you catch it like, and then you take it. Like when you usually catch something, you then take it or, or, you know, so the word caught. All right. 
And this is where a lot of people, you know, argue that this the rapture is not because the word rapture is not in the Bible. But when we talk about the rapture or the like the meaning of it, it's actually a Latin word, rapturo or something like that. I'm not really big into Latin because, you know, back, once again, can't get into the deep theology of things. But the word caught stems from the word harpazo. So I'm going to go here to 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So I go to the word caught and I see that the word caught stems from the Greek word harpazo. H-A-R-P-A-Z-O. Harpazo means to seize or to catch up, to snatch away. All right. We're seeing that Paul is now speaking because this is Thessalonians. This is Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. So we've seen that Enoch was taken away. And now Paul, Paul is teaching the Thessalonians. We which all remain and alive in Christ shall be caught up. All right. To be seized, to catch up, to snatch away. We shall be harpazoed. And Paul knew Greek. All right. Paul was probably one of the most fluent men in Greek ever. So to say that he didn't know what he meant and what he meant to tell us that the Holy Spirit revealed to him is a bit um, arrogant. So I can trust Paul very much with the words that he's teaching us in these letters and what he's trying to teach the congregations and the ages after, you know, with these books. So he said the word harpazo, which means to seize, catch up, snatch away. This is where it gets amazing, though. You can take words even deeper because sometimes from harpazo, it's given me another word here that, that I can click on that this word derives from because like I said, it's really deep. This is this is definitely not for your average Christian, this type of um, understanding in the sense of this is where you get into the, the meat of the Bible, which God calls us to do. Many years of study and prayer and understanding, but even if you're a babe, this, this will help you get even stronger in your faith. So don't be intimidated by it, but just know that this is not going to be, you know, for the basic minded. This is for some people that understand how we've gotten our translation, how words work, the study of words. And it's quite amazing what it can lead you to. And here we go. We'll go down this little rabbit trail. So from the word harpazo is the Greek word harome. Harome. All right. Harome. And haromain or the word harrow, H-A-R-H-A-I-R-E-O means to take to choose. So now God is t- saying we will be caught up. Paul is saying we will be caught up by the Lord into the clouds. He is going to take us into the clouds. He is going to choose us to go into the clouds. And what? That's a verb. So we're getting the same vibes here. God is going to take us into somewhere, snatch us up, seize us away. How many more, you know, definitions and, and proofs do we need? Well, let's keep going there. The word harrow stems from the word, the Greek word arrow, A-I-R-O. Okay, arrow. And this Greek word means to raise, to take up, to lift. I mean, this is why these words are all attached because this is what it's trying to, to tell the translators, what Paul was trying to say, that the scrolls were telling, you know, like that the Holy Spirit, like, it is trying to reveal a mystery here that Paul was trying to reveal to them that that John revealed in Revelation 3. 
that someone will be taken out of here. I shall take thee from the, I shall keep thee from the hour of temptation. What does that mean? I'm going to take you away from something bad. So this is where it gets crazy people. And yeah, it, it blew my mind and it might blow yours too, but that's why I'm presenting it tonight is because it's meant to help us understand that something's coming. All right. Something's coming and we need to be ready, not be scared, but just be ready. All right. Arrow means to raise up, to take up, to lift. This Greek word derives from a Hebrew word. And this is the first connection from the Greek because we went from Greek to Greek to Greek three times. Now it's taking us deeper, the strongs and the words and the translation to a word that I didn't even know was a Hebrew word. I promise you this. I promise you I had no idea about this, that the word caught would lead me to this Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word is, I know I'm building up a lot, but it is kind of crazy. NASA. People are like, wait, what? The the, the space organization? <laughs> yes. N-A-S-A. That's a Hebrew word. Amazingly. Now I know NASA doesn't mean a word because it represents an institution, but it is amazing that they would use the exact same word to create a space program or to create something that would make us look up that wouldn't, we weren't looking at God though. When we look at NASA, we're looking at rockets. We're looking at aliens. We're looking at stars. We're looking at different planets. Do you see where I'm going with this? Do you see why Satan would use such an evil tool that literally comes from the Bible and in and, and a, and a moment that Paul and that the Bible is trying to teach through translation and through word? NASA. What does NASA do? What are they in the business of? They're getting you to take your eyes up to heaven with their rockets, with their mysteries, with their pictures of the galaxy to show you that there's other worlds and that God's probably not real because they've sent the Hubble telescope so far into the galaxy and taken pictures of other worlds. This is the garbage they try and sell you. NASA is evil. All right. Space exploration and anything to do with up in space. It's a waste of money. And that may offend some people or tell people, no, we need to know about it. No, we don't. There's a lot of homeless people where I live. There's tons of people that are on drugs, have tons of mental health problems. You know how much billions of dollars we spend on space and keeping the ISS and all the crap up there. A ton of money goes wasted into that crap. And I guarantee you, you're never going to space probably in your lifetime. They'll sit there and sell you on the idea, but you will never. We haven't even been back to the moon since the 60s. So get that through your head too. They said we lost the technology and that's not to get into more conspiracy, but I had to give you something. They said it themselves, go research it. But yes, the word NASA is is in the Bible or it comes from the Hebrew by translation. And it means to lift, to carry, to take. NASA, I'm telling you, Satan's crafty people. And there's a great deception coming and I do not want anybody to get caught up in it, but I would need you to understand that God is trying to speak to us right now. He is trying to show us signs and, and speak to us in ways that we need to be looking out for every single day and stop looking to NASA and space and politics and all the, the crap of the world that, that fills your mind to distract you from what's coming. We're going to go home with the Lord soon. We're going to be home with the Lord soon. 
I don't know the day. Now that could be 50 years, a hundred years from now, regardless, it doesn't matter when that day is because today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised. So if I die tomorrow, guess what? The rapture really doesn't matter for me because I'll already have crossed the veil. You know, my body will be resurrected as it teaches the dead in Christ, meaning the bodies and the people, because you get a new body with Jesus. You get new everything. You're made new. You're born again. So I'm not worried about the rapture if I'm dead, because if I'm in Christ already, then I'll already know where I'm at. So do you know where you're at? Are you in heaven? Have you accepted the blood of Christ? Or will you try to take on judgment yourself and see if you can escape the, the, the depths of hell? And I hate to, you know, be the one that has to say it, but that's the truth. That's what Jesus taught. If you don't think hell is real, then you're definitely not reading the same Bible I am. And I implore you to find a better translation that teaches you what Jesus was teaching us. And he taught more about hell than anything else. While heaven's a great mystery and a fun thing to think about for us in eternity, we need to also worry about the the sheep that have no idea where they're headed in case they don't know that that wonderful and that blessing, blessed hope of paradise and heaven literally that will come to earth will eventually be. This is why you must preach the gospel. This is why we got to tell the truth, why we got to blow the horn, why we got to, why we got to sound the alarm. If you see trouble on the horizon, that's the job of a watchman. That's my job right now is to blow the horn, not to convince you, not to persuade you or make you believe me. It's just to help you wake up and hear my trumpet and many others. This isn't just me, many watchmen. We're all called to be watchmen. So when you read about what a watchman is or hear that they're a prophet or this or that, blah, blah, no, no. Everybody is called to be a watchman because God calls us to watch. So it's no special title to anybody. It's given to everyone. So choose what you want to do with your life. Do you want to just go through the motions and get caught up? potentially have the Lord come upon you like a thief in the night, miss the door, or have you carried extra oil? Is your lamp ready to be relit in a moment's notice when the groom comes back and says, let's go. I'm ready to go. And they go through the door. Matthew 25, read the parable of the 10 virgins. Five go through the door. Five are left behind to buy and sell more oil. Do not want to be left behind to have to buy and sell anything with the B system. You will not be able to participate. So remember that. I told you this is going to be a little bit more intense, but this is what God's calling me to do and what God's put on my heart to, to tell you guys tonight. And I truly believe that we're in the last days, people. And it's not to bring fear. It's to bring you joy. This is our blessed hope. Continue to read the book of Thessalonians and Paul's message. This is a message of hope. Not doom and destruction. Doom and destruction comes for the, for the ones that are ungodly and hate God and blaspheme God or don't trust God. Hey, if you want to play this game of life by yourself, that's your choice. God gave that to you. But if you want to be on the winning team and the team that has secured the win, I implore you to give your life to Christ today, right now. If you don't know him, it's time to know him. He loves you. He died for you. If there was only one person in this earth to die for when he came, because he only knew one person would believe on him, that's how important it was for him to do it for you. 
That's what he did it for. He didn't think of, oh, I'm saving lots of people, but lots of people aren't getting saved. No. He said, I see every individual that will eventually believe on me, and I know that they are worth it. They are worth willingly doing this. He loves you. I love you. I'm not here to promote fear. I'm just here to preach the good news and blow the trumpet that God has put in my hand. I'm not afraid to blow the trumpet. Are you? I love you all. Peace be unto you. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in. To know the duty of a watchman, please read Ezekiel 33. Join the movement today. Follow on Instagram at Watchman Inc. for more details, content, and community interaction. Links in the description. God bless.